Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. Last time I preached, I taught on the fear of the Lord, and I didn't even get halfway through my notes, so I want to continue to teach on the fear of the Lord this morning. Um, Like I said before, I feel like this message is vital in this hour. I feel like we have lost fear of the Lord. I feel like we as a church, I'm not speaking to us specifically, but if it's for you, if it's for me, we have to listen to what the Lord is saying, but I feel like we've lost reverence. I feel like the Lord is going to bring the fear of God back to his church like never before. I want it, I need it, you need it, and if you don't think you need it, that just proves how much you really do need the fear of the Lord. We all need it. I don't care if you've been in ministry for 50 years or if you're brand new, we need a revelation of the fear of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals this to us. It's found in Him through the Word of God. He will show you where you have weaknesses. Amen? You guys are with me this morning? Wake up. Amen? Amen? Okay. As I want this to land, I want it to land in all of us. Like I've said before, I constantly go before the Lord and ask him, search my heart, Lord, show me anything in my heart, in my life, in my thoughts, in my patterns, in my behavior that doesn't belong. This is a continual thing because guess what? I'm never graduating from that. None of us are. Hey, the lady in the back got that. Thank you. God bless you, ma'am. You must know someone that needs this message. I'm joking. You know, and you're always like someone you bring to church and they're like, they're saying, amen, yes. And you're like pinching them. Um, I do that to my kids sometimes. They're like, stop it, mom. I'm like, this is for you. Listen, listen. Um, You know, but there is a couple things and I've shared this before and we're gonna just quickly review because I know it's been a while since I preached this and many of you probably have not heard me preach it before. You might have not been here last time. But there's a couple things that takes you out of fellowship with Jesus. Fear of the Lord is a big one. When we lose fear of God, we stop caring what he's thinking. And he's aware of everything we're doing. You know this, right? There's nothing that you can hide from the Lord. There's nothing that you watch, that you say, guess what, even that you think that he's not aware of. And when we walk in the fear of the Lord, we're so aware of him that the littlest things convict us. And they should. And they should. When we lose that convicting love of the Holy Spirit, that's when we're in trouble zone. That's when you need to say, Lord, grow me, show me. I was telling uh, some of our team, I was like, when I feel convicted sometimes, and I can be a pretty hard critic on myself, and, and that's okay. I don't need you to feel bad for me and pray for me. I like that. It works for me. I'm stubborn, so I need to be this way. And I'll go to people that I know are going to tell me the truth. I don't go to people that I know are just going to pacify what I want to hear and say the things I want to hear. I go to the people that I know love me enough to challenge me and even, must I say it, rebuke me when I need it. That's not a bad word, guys. It's needed. And so I was feeling just recently, I was like, man, I feel like I have a heart towards someone that I shouldn't have a heart towards them this way. And I went to Michael thinking, he'd go, oh, babe, it's fine. That's not what he did at all. He said, you have to watch your heart. And he goes, you need to go bring that before the Lord. He goes, that's a heart issue, Jess, and you don't want that to fester now. You don't want bitterness to take root in your heart. He goes, you need to repent It wasn't like, oh, poor baby, just go quickly, say sorry. He goes, no, you need to repent. You need to repent before the Lord. I'm glad I have people in my life that love me that way to talk to me this way. 
We all need people. But again, this is the fear of the Lord. It does that to you in the most beautiful way. It quickly convicts you so that you can put something in its place right where it belongs so you can move on in freedom. You talk about walking in freedom, you won't be able to walk in freedom if you lose fear of the Lord. That won't be the kind of freedom. That would be just living in complete sin and, un, and, and not having fellowship with the Lord. These things work beautifully together. And when I see so many people leave the faith, so many people turn um, from walking in faithfulness with the Lord, it's an intimacy issue with Jesus, like I have always said, but it's also a fear of the Lord issue. When we fear him, we feel the conviction of the Lord when we do something we're not supposed to do. And we fix it before it becomes a root in our heart. Because once it's a root, you know what happens. It's really hard now to dig up. Let's fix it quickly. So just to review, go to Psalm 36, 1 through 3. And I read from the New Living Translation, but you can follow along with whatever translation you have. Psalm 36, one through three, it says, sin whispers to the wicked deep within their heart. They have no fear of God at all. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. Let me say it to you this way. When you lose fear of God, you lose your vision. It blinds you to the ways of God. Don't we all know people that no matter what you say, you can go, the Bible says to live your life this way. It's black and white right here. Oh, but I don't know, did God really say? It's the same way he got Adam and Eve. No, people really say that. We have a ministry school, we know. Um, did God really say? No, no, that, that's not for me. Or I like this one, that's old covenant teaching. No. If it's in the Bible, it's for today. <laughs> the word says, I change it's not. I change not. That's what the Bible says. The Bible also says there's not a jot or tittle that is in the wrong place. This word is for today. Old covenant, new covenant, Old Testament, New Testament. We have to live our life according to the word of God. Not to what Jesus' image teaches you. If we ever teach you something outside of the Bible, like Michael always says, the Bible's right we're wrong. Not to your favorite podcast preacher. I mean, they're just getting more interesting by the day. We have to build our life on the foundation of Jesus and Jesus alone. That's it. There's protection in that. There's safety in that. So why did, I, I don't know, this is just my opinion. I feel like we're lacking fear of the Lord these days because our generation does not talk about the fear of the Lord anymore. This is not a popular message. This is not a feel-good message, but this is a message that will change your life if you will apply it. And I pray that young leaders all around the world and old leaders, that you will continue to keep teaching on the fear of the Lord. Young leaders, I pray that you will now, if you haven't, now let it be the time that you, you start talking about the fear of the Lord. We say all the time, I miss Joy Dawson, who was, oh, if you don't know who she was, she was a pillar in the body but all she did was teach us about the fear of the Lord. We would have phone calls hours and hours and hours. We were, me and Michael were a little scared of her, but it was in a good way. Because um, she, would, she would watch our sermons and she would write notes and analyze them. And man, she'd have a list ready to tell us where we went wrong. But now that she's with Jesus, I would do anything to hear from her again. 
There's so many times I was like, I wish I could just pick up the phone and call Joy and get her guidance because I knew she was gonna give me the truth. I knew she was gonna give me scripture. And we have, trust me, don't worry guys, we have my dad and many others that are happy to take that spot and they've been in that spot for a long time. Um, But I know I need that. I know as a leader, me and Michael need that. We need people to hold us accountable. We need, we have a spiritual advisory board. We have a board, of course. We have spiritual mothers and fathers in our life. That makes me feel safe. I love that. It makes me feel loved when they love me enough to, to lovingly point me back to Jesus. Even if it's not done in the most tender way, give it to me. I need it. I don't ever want to lose the fear of the Lord. That's always my prayer. Jesus, please, please keep me. Please don't let me turn away from you. Please, Holy Spirit, don't stop convicting me. Talk to me. If I'm watching something I shouldn't watch, if I'm thinking a thought I shouldn't think, if I'm angry when I shouldn't be angry, whatever it is, Lord, please, please soften my heart now. Now so that you don't have to do it later on, Jesus. Do it now. And that should be our heart, always. Oh, I love this. I'm preaching to myself, too. So when you lose fear of God, you lose your vision, and it blinds you to the ways of God. So if there's a hard heart, you've lost your fear of God. Period. You've lost vision. You can't hear. Like Michael has always said, when you stop hearing what God said when you stop listening to what he's saying. Don't you know that? Do you get what I mean by that? Like God has spoken to us so clearly. I know many of you in here would say, yes, I've had so many prophetic words over my life, so many things that God has spoken to me. But you steward that by continuing to hear what he's saying. If not, you forget what he said. It's like the parable of the talents. You can't just hide these things and do nothing with them. You actually have to walk this out by faith every single day and keep listening to what he's saying and keep opening your eyes to see what he's saying, to to, to see what he's doing. Our whole life is an offering to the Lord in this way. Go to Psalm 66. 16, and I'm going to read 18 and 20 as well, 18 through 20. I love hearing the Bible turn. We had a visitor not too long ago. They said, something I noticed about your church is most people have actual Bibles And that's so refreshing to see, especially in a young church. And that was a great compliment. So good job. And all you that have your phones, don't worry. Just bring your Bible next time. (laughs) Psalm 66, 16. Hey, I'm teaching off a tablet myself. So you know what? I, I get it. It says, come and listen, all you who fear God. And I will tell you what he did for me. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, The Lord would not have listened, but God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love for me. So many things to unpack in this passage right here. But if I had not confessed the sin, does it say that I did? In my heart, because it all starts from the heart. The abundance of the heart, that's what the mouth speaks. We know this. So it's all within the heart. So let's get it before it actually festers into acting out. 
let's get it in the heart first. The Lord would not have listened. That goes against what we sometimes think, but we have to bring it to the Lord. And later on today, we're gonna have a moment where we can bring our sins to the Lord. And I believe the Lord is gonna set so many people free. But you have to bring it to him. And then he listens. He paid attention to my prayer. Do you ever just think for a moment that Jesus hears you? Does that not just blow your mind in the most beautiful way? Or is it just me? When I think about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that when I talk to him, he's listening. Uh, Not even my husband and my kids listen when I talk most of the time. (laughs) So that's amazing to me. You know, if you're married, you know, I'm like, Michael, da, 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 da. I'm like, did you hear a word I said? Or he'll, I'll tell him a task. He's like, oh, you didn't tell me. I'm like, I did five times in the kitchen and you just didn't listen. Am I the only one? Wives, you know exactly. And it is more the husbands that have this problem. Let's be honest. Okay. They have selective hearing. Um, but that blows my mind sometimes that when I talk to the Lord, he doesn't have selective hearing like Michael. He actually, <laughs> he, he's not here, so I can joke a little bit. No, Michael is the best, and he actually hears a lot. But you know, we ha- you know, come on. Um, but Jesus, when we talk, he actually hears every little word. He actually knows the thoughts in our heart. He takes it a step further. He says, I love you so much and you're so valuable to me that not only do I hear what comes out of your mouth, I know your heart better than you know your own heart. This is the love that God has for us. This is the way he fellowships with us. It's so beautiful. So I would lovingly tell you today, if you have struggle in your life, bring it to Jesus. Don't try to hide it and act like he doesn't know. He knows already everything. He wants you to bring it to him. He wants you to bring your sin. He wants you to bring your struggles. He wants you to bring the littlest thing to him because like we just read, when you do that, then he can heal you. Then he's listening. You know, when you don't have forgiveness in your heart, you actually stop the prayers of the Lord. It's in the Bible. Go find it. It's there. I promise you. You actually stop the prayers being answered when you have unforgiveness in your heart towards someone, that's scary. No one should have captive over your life that way. No one, no one's worth that. No one, no one, no one. But this is Jesus, he wants, he wants this from us. So he helps us to see our sin and the life of someone who fears him is always looking within, not around. They're always looking at their own heart, their own issues. They're not pointing out everyone else's shortcomings. The Bible warns about that again in the New Testament. Don't look at the the speck in someone's eye when you have a plank in your own. So someone who walks in fear of the Lord, I would say, doesn't walk normally in judgment towards others. They're too busy looking within wanting fellowship with Jesus. They're too busy wanting to live a holy life in their own right that they don't have time to look at what everybody else is doing wrong. Okay. I mean, you can clap for the scripture. It's true because judgment is a sin. It is. And we have to be careful not to judge. That doesn't mean not to correct. That doesn't mean to condone sin but it's a heart issue. Do we judge? Are we quick to throw stones at others when we have so much stuff going in within us? 
So fear of the Lord opens your, it opens your eyes not to see how everybody else is not living right. It opens your eyes to see what's within you that needs to change. That's the fear of the Lord. If people do not fear the Lord, why would we stop sinning? I mean, I could go rob a bank right now. Don't worry, I won't. This is live. But if I don't fear God, what would stop me from, from living in sin, cheating in my taxes, whatever? What would stop me from doing things that are shady, that are not, that are not uh, commendable by God's standards? What would stop me if I don't fear the Lord? If you're from, from looking at something I shouldn't look at, for talking away I shouldn't talk. If I've lost fear of God, then what's gonna stop me from doing things that are sinful in nature? Do you get what I'm saying? The thing that stops us is we go, no, no, I fear God. I actually believe in my heart that there are consequences for my actions. We've really done this generation a disservice when there's no consequences for anything that you do wrong. We've, we've lost it when, there's, when you don't ever have a consequence for anything. Parents, there's gotta be consequences when you parent your kids. Theo played pickleball with Ryan too late the other night. Guess what? He lost the car for a few days. There was consequences. <laughs> Ryan. It wasn't Ryan's fault. It wasn't Ryan's fault. He was supposed to be home and he wasn't. So we're like, you know, consequences. You're going to learn like, uh, not to stay out too late playing pickleball. Okay. Um, and he goes, but mom, I was with Ryan. I was like, so he, I was like, that helped. And Daniel and all of it. And yeah. But I'm like, still, we told you to come home. It's okay. Consequences. These are good things. These are good things. I'm preaching to myself. And Theo's probably like, no, no more consequences if he's watching online. He's not watching online. Let's be serious. Um, let's be real. He's totally never going to see this. It's okay. Um, but there's got to be things. And that's what's happened in this generation. We don't ever face consequences. And so we, we, we misuse the Lord in this way because we think we can just get away with whatever we want. And guess what? We, take, we misuse God's mercy and take advantage of the grace that he gives us so lovingly. And we think that that's just gonna sustain us for the rest of our life. And then eventually, guess what? It comes to the light. Eventually, things come to the surface. Eventually, the consequences kick in. And then what we do is we typically go, bad God. And it's like, no, no, no. You had chance after chance after chance after chance. And then we go, bad leader. No, 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 you had chance after chance after chance after chance. Not that your leader's God, not at all. I'm just saying we blame anyone we can, but there's gotta be consequences for what we do. And when we've lost that fear, that's dangerous because we then can just do whatever we want and think we can get away with it. But God is keeping the score. God keeps the books. That's a beautiful and scary thing all at the same time. But if you repent, it's wiped clean. Isn't that the most beautiful thing? And let me take it a step further. Repentance means change. Repentance doesn't mean just saying sorry. It actually means that you stop doing the stuff that you were doing before. Repentance actually means if I've wronged someone, I don't just say sorry to the Lord. I actually go make it right with that person and change and stop wronging them again and again and again. That's what repentance looks like. Very different. Coming down to an altar is beautiful. That's the first step. 
That's confession of sin. It's needed and it's amazing when you do it before a body. It, it's, it's just beautiful to proclaim Jesus in front of everyone and not care what anyone thinks. But repentance means that tomorrow, you're not gonna fall into that cycle of sin anymore. It changes you, just changes you. Go to Psalm, well, you don't have to turn there, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. Psalm 119, 119, no, 119, is there a one in here? Maybe God has, maybe this verse is for you. <laughs> Psalm 119 says, let me be united with all who fear you, with those who know your law. Like I said last week, and this is just kind of recapping, some of it is, I don't wanna walk with people that don't fear the Lord. I wanna walk with people that challenge me to love the Lord more. That doesn't mean that I only wanna walk with perfect people, no. But I wanna be around people that fear God because there's protection in my circle being that way. You become who you hang out with. You might think that you'll pull them higher and higher, but eventually they're gonna pull you lower and lower and lower. I remember when I was getting out of living in the world, I loved my friends so much. They were dear to me, they were a massive part of my life, but they weren't serving the Lord. And I would try to hang out with them over and over again and I would go and they would be doing really sinful things and I would not participate and I'd be like preaching about how the Lord changed my life. And I remember my dad said, you're gonna have to break away. It's like, oh, that's so religious, dad. He's like, no, no, you're gonna have to break away because eventually, he goes, did anyone get saved? I was like, no, no. Like, no one's listening to me when I'm telling them about my, my, what God has done in my life. And eventually, I started to compromise a little. And when I noticed that, I thought, oh my gosh, it's just a matter of time before I'm back to doing all the sinful things I used to do. It was painful, but I had to break away for my own life. It was a life or death situation. That's how I saw it. I thought, if I don't break away, I will eventually become more bound than I was before. Because remember the Bible says, if you swipe it clean and everything, and then more demons come. I'm like, no, no, I got free. I'm not going back to that and becoming more bound. God, they're your children. You will take care of them. I have to take care of me. But I have to, I even look like that. I, I, I live my life this way, I should say, even in ministry. I want to be around people that provoke me to love the Lord more. I don't wanna be the strongest Christian in the group. I want their love for Jesus to provoke me, to challenge me. I love being around people that God is using. It doesn't scare me to be around big people that the Lord is using at all. I don't feel less than. Their life inspires me to go after Jesus more. But sometimes what we love to do, we love to surround ourselves with people that only look up to us and then it makes us feel really good inside. It maybe fills some void in our hearts and insecurity, but eventually we have no one to lift us higher. This is just even a friendship talk. This is life. This is for kids. This is for older people. This is for all of us. I surround myself, not, not because I know it's smart. The Bible, like I just read, tells us to do that. Be united with all who fear you for those who know your law. That means those that actually follow the Bible. That's the law. A life without fear of God is a life without boundaries. I don't know about you, I like boundaries. Let me know where we stand. Let me know, like, give me the boundaries. That makes me feel safe. 
doesn't make me feel exposed. It makes me feel, when I met Bill Johnson and Benny Johnson, we, when we moved to Reading, I opened up my life to them. I was a mess, you know that. I went there and God changed my life. I was just as dark and broken as I could be. You know my story, how to break down all of that. And I remember I was so hungry, I kept telling them, I'm here, I, 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 grow me, mentor me, teach me. And I never forgot what they said to me. They said, we will be available as much as we can. There was, in, in a holy, nice way, they gave me a boundary. Does this make sense to you guys? They're like, we're for you, but we, are, we can only be as available as we can be. And I knew, okay, this has been established. This makes me actually feel safe and more connected with them in a weird way. I feel more connected that I now understand that just because I need them doesn't mean I've got their number on speed dial 24-7. I'm not gonna take advantage of this friendship, of this invitation. This is a, a holy thing and I'm going to steward it well. And when we have boundaries, guess what? We actually get longevity in relationships. It's true. So I don't trust myself with no limitations. I need those limitations. You need those limitations. I find them right here. Right here. This is how I know how to live my life. If I'm reading the Bible and I see God says something like, don't judge one another or whatever it is, and I go, oh my gosh, I just did this. Guess what? I fix it. I just don't keep reading like I didn't just read that. If the Holy Spirit convicts me, that's what happened a, a little while ago. I was reading and I thought, oh dear God, I just did this. And I was like, tried to tell myself, no, no, you're being too much. I was like, you know what, I'll go to Michael. That was a bad decision. Uh, no, it was a good decision because then he lovingly said, yeah, th- you're right. You're right for feeling that conviction. Let's make it right. And then what it did, it, it liberated me. It didn't make me feel stuck. It didn't make me feel condemned. It didn't make me feel any of that. It actually made me go, oh, give it to you, Lord. This is a weakness still in my life. I give it to you right now. I don't want anything to disconnect you and I from walking in fellowship together. We have to have that. Thank you. So I choose not to live in sin, of course, because I love the Lord, but I cannot afford disconnection from him. I cannot afford it. Like, I owe it not only to me and my family, my kids, my spouse. I owe it to you. I owe it to our students at Jesus School. I owe it to our partners. I owe it to the Lord not to lose disconnection with him. I've been trusted with leadership now. I owe it to the body to not lose disconnection from him and stop walking in fear of the Lord. The stakes are too high right now. Like we've been saying, the, the, the way is getting more narrow. It, more narrow. Darkness and light is being exposed at an alarming rate right now. The world is, is looking for a savior. And we know it's Jesus. So right now, it's not about me anymore. Like Stephanie said, like things that might be permissible, maybe that worked for last year, but now the stakes are getting higher. I have to continue to walk more narrow. And it's not always easy. And I can't do it in my own strength, but with the Holy Spirit, I know that I can. But this, these things open my heart to the Lord. Oh, I feel him right now even just talking. Lord, you have to continue to show me my weaknesses. I know that I'm not perfect. I know that only with you, God, I'm strong. 
But I need you, Jesus, so much to just show me where I need to let things go. This is holy. This is a holy fellowship with Jesus. This is so needed right now in this body, in this hour. I've told you before, I've talked to so many ministers. I guess I'm nosy, I don't know, but I've always been fascinated. Why do people fall? Why does this happen? Why, why do, why are there struggles? And I've asked, that's what I'm saying, maybe I'm nosy, but because I wanted to learn, not because I wanna hear their shortcomings, like, I feel like if I've been um, blessed enough to be exposed to their lives, it's for a reason, so I need to learn. And I said, please tell me where it started. Help me learn, help me and Michael so that we may never fall into this trap. Where does it begin? Almost all of them answered me the same that I've asked, and I've asked several. I lost my intimacy with Jesus. I stopped praying privately. I stopped worshiping privately, and I lost my fear of God. That makes sense to me. Because those would be the only things, like I said a second ago, that would keep you from not doing that. Knowing that he's there, he's watching, he knows the motive of our heart, he knows everything. And to live righteous, like I, I know I'm young, I mean, I try to pretend I'm young, but I'm middle-aged, I guess. But I promise you, I have one desire, besides, of course, loving Jesus well and being a great mom and wife, but my greatest desire is to finish well. That is my, I, I, I such a deep burning desire in my heart, in Michael's heart, to finish well. And that doesn't mean finish with big crowds, and that doesn't mean finish with notoriety, and that doesn't mean finish with all these accomplishments. None of that stuff's gonna matter. It's not gonna matter at the throne. Yes, God rewards you for, for being faithful, of course, but what's gonna matter is your heart with the Lord. What's gonna matter when you're there taking your last breath is, did I serve you faithfully, Lord? Was there a stain in my fellowship with you? Did I lead your people astray, Lord? Was I faithful to you? That's what's gonna matter to me. And that should matter to all of you. <laughs> you guys are so sweet this morning. But it's, it's the word of the Lord. That's what's going to matter. That's the only thing. You don't care about anything else. In that. You don't care about how much money you achieved. You don't care about your high school dance that you went to. You don't even remember it. You don't remember all the things that the car you drive, the things that we hold so tightly now in our hearts. None of that matters. What matters is, did I please Jesus? I've shared this story, I'm not gonna share the details because I don't, I, don't like I, I don't feel like it'd be right, but I got to be with someone right before, I've got to be with several people when they passed away to glory and that was so holy, but I got to be with someone right before they passed who didn't finish well. And I remember they were trying to get the words out and everyone in the room unfortunately was too shallow to even understand let me say it another way. They finished well, but they walked through a lot in their walk with God. And they were trying to get the words out because they were afraid that the Lord would be mad at them because they knew they were on their last leg. They were, they were going to be with Jesus any second. And they were trying to get the words out and I, I, I knew by the Spirit what they were saying because they were fighting for a while. So their, their vocals, their, they had issues with their vocals and everything. So... 
they couldn't get the words out properly, but through the Spirit, I, I knew what this person was saying. And I grabbed them privately and said, you're afraid that, that because of your sin in the past that the Lord is going to be mad at you. And they said, yeah. That's all they could get out, yes. And I said, oh no, you've given it to the Lord. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. It's you, you've repented. It's under the blood. But this broke my heart to see someone in an old age who made many, many mistakes having this thought right there in the moment right before they were to be with Jesus. And that's why I'm telling you, I'm not just telling you this because it sounds good. I'm saying I've seen people go to glory with no regrets. And I've seen people go to glory with regret. And it's made me say, I never want to go with any regrets. That doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I'm going to say I got a hundred on everything for sure. Not. But I don't want to have any regret. I want to know that I was faithful to the Lord. It's vital. He's all that we have. I don't want to know what life is like without him. I don't want to lose him for a day. I don't want to be in ministry without Jesus. I don't want to be a mom without Jesus. I don't want to be a wife without Jesus. I don't want to be a leader without Jesus. I don't want to even be a friend without Jesus. He's, he's all that we have. And this beautiful fear of the Lord doesn't produce an unhealthy disconnect from the Lord. No, it actually produces intimacy and beautiful fellowship. And I know that to keep that going, I have to walk in fear of the Lord. I've got to let him grow me, correct me, strengthen me, pluck things out that don't belong. Yeah, prune me. Because, you know, when more fruit comes, doesn't mean you just get a lot of fruit. What happens then? Chop, 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 more pruning. Why? Because then more fruit has to come. So typically we go, pruning happens to only those that are dead. No, no. Pruning happens to those that are actually producing fruit. Those that are producing fruit, they get pruned more. And the more fruit they produce, guess what? The more pruning comes until God just strips you away till it's you and him. And it's holy. To fear him is to love him. There is no second guessing what he requires from you. He is asking for a life of surrender and devotion to follow his ways. Go to Psalm 90, 11 through 12. I just realized that was all my recap from last time and this is where I was supposed to start. Don't worry, we'll do a part three. <laughs> Psalm 90, 11 through 12. It says, who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity, the short nature of life so that we may grow in wisdom. We must see the Lord rightly. These are my words. To walk in humility is to walk in fear of the Lord. I love how that verse we just read says, your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. If anyone is deserving a fear, and that's not a bad word, it's the Lord. It's the Lord of hosts. It's the Lord, the creator of the universe. Go to Proverbs 22, 4. Just give me like 10 more minutes. 
Proverbs 22.4. It says, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and a long life. I want a long life, do you? I want to live long. I want honor. I want God to bless me. There's nothing wrong with that. It's right there in the Bible. Sometimes we're afraid to say that. Oh, don't ask for riches. Look humble. Well, it's there in the Bible. So Lord, I want that too. (laughs) But it's sad to watch someone lose honor. It's a really sad thing to watch someone lose honor who had honor. It's heartbreaking, actually. I've seen it many, many times. And you lose honor, as we just read, when you don't walk in fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord brings these things. And guess what? If you've lost it and you continue to walk in fear of the Lord and repent, God can restore it. That's the beauty of Jesus. I've seen so many people miss it in their life that are walking in deeper fellowship now with God than they ever have. My dad being an example, he'll be the first to say he didn't get everything perfect. I'm watching a man more in love with Jesus now in his 70s than I saw when he was filling stadiums. I'm watching a man be not ashamed to say where he failed, where he missed it. I've watched a man repent when he's missed it, publicly, privately, in every way you can imagine. Like someone told me once about my dad, they said, there's a reason your dad is still standing. There's a reason. I've watched a lot of ministers. I've worked with many. Your dad, through all the ups and downs that his life has had, and he's had many challenges, he goes, he walked in fear of God and close fellowship with Jesus. That is why the Lord, to this day, still trusts that man. Like David. What about David? What what was, David sinned greatly. But what was different about David than Saul than the rest of them? David was a guy who had a heart after God. He didn't care, he could lose, and I've said this before, remember, Saul wanted to be restored in the eyes of people, but David wanted to be restored in the eyes of the Father. That's a trusted vessel right there. That's someone that you go, okay, this is, this is a God-fearing man. He could lose the kingdom, he could lose all the honor, all the respect, but just don't lose, I just can't lose Jesus. Anything but Jesus, those are the people that the Lord rewards with more faithfulness. So I lovingly say it's not too late. Maybe you've missed it. Maybe you've made mistakes. Maybe you haven't walked in the fear of the Lord. Maybe you've done things that that you know you shouldn't have done. It's not too late to start walking in the fear of the Lord now. The hour is not too late. I don't care if you're 99. Do it today. Do it today. Go to Psalm 64, one through four. I'm just gonna read a little quickly, if that's okay, just for sake of time. Psalm 64, one through four. It says, oh God, listen to my complaint. Protect my life from my enemy threats, my enemy's threats. Hide me from the plot, the plots, of this evil mob from the gang of wrongdoers. They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim their bitter words like arrows. They shoot from ambush at the innocent, attacking suddenly and fearlessly. I like to say this, where is the fear of God when we attack and slander others? What's happened to that? Why is that okay now? I was taught differently when I grew up. I knew never to do that. Again, doesn't mean that condones sin, like please don't misuse my words here. 
but I understood that this was slander and attack was a tool of the devil. And I'm glad my parents taught me not to do that. And to this day, I don't do it. I don't do it. Why? Because you don't attack someone's office. I'll quickly tell this story and leave out many details. (laughs) because I don't want to uncover anyone, but I think it's a good story that that hopefully would help some of you. Um, Years and years ago, when I was still living with my parents, I was attacked, I was slandered, I was made fun of in a very big way, and I felt really, really um, defeated inside, like really low. I was, of course, emotional, but I felt so so tried, so betrayed, so exposed. I mean, all the things you could imagine. And so I called a meeting with this person that wronged me. And in the meeting, I attacked. I attacked. I dishonored. I talked abruptly. I talked rough. I didn't want to listen to what they were saying. And this person was a leader in my life. And I left the meeting so proud of myself, thinking, good job, Jess, you let them know, you put them in your place, good for you, you stood up for yourself. See, I was so ignorant back then. And I went to my dad, because everyone else told me, good job, yeah, they deserved it, I'm glad that you put them in their place. Everyone was telling me that. Then I went to dad, (laughs) and I told him what I did. I told him all the mean things that were said to me first, but then I said, this is what I said back thinking he would coddle me and go, oh, poor baby, let me call that person and let them have it as well for what they said to my daughter, who was a teenager, by the way. That's not what he said at all to me. He opened up the Bible (laughs) and he went to the passage about David and Saul and David not touching the Lord's anointed. And he looked me dead in the eye and he goes, honey, what you did, you attacked that person's office. I mean, the fear of the Lord hit me. I'll never forget it. We were sitting outside at his house. It was my house at the time, too. Everything's just his, I know. Um, <laughs> but we were sitting outside, and I, I tried to argue that back. I said, but Dad, you know what they said about me. And they even took shots at my dad, too. And I tried to use that to get him on my side. But so-and-so, they also said this about you. Didn't phase him. Didn't sway him. He looked me dead in the eye again. He goes, you attacked that person's office. Repent, repent now, or the Lord will judge you for this, Jesse. That's all he said. And I went in the room and I asked the Lord to forgive me. And he said, that's the first step. He goes, now you go find that person and make it right. And that's what I had to do. On top of that, I didn't have any money back then. I gave an offering. That's what I had to do in my heart to go. I'm taking it a step further. I not only dishonored your office and attacked it, which was wrong, and I didn't go, but you did this to me, and this is why, no, no, no. I attacked your office. This is a great sin of God. This was my words to them. I know that I was wrong. Please forgive me. Forgive me for attacking the office that the Lord gave you. I was a teenager. I wasn't a leader. I was a kid. I was a kid who had a dad that loved me enough to give me the Bible and scare the lights out of me to never do that again. Guess what? I didn't get a response to the first letter. That could have made me hard and bitter. It took 
It, then guess what, I wrote another letter. Then I saw that they were preaching at the same place I was. Guess what I did? Wrote another letter and put it in their room. Finally, I got a response. It was short and sweet, thank you. Thank you for making this right. I receive your apology. That's all I got, that's all I needed. It was a lesson that has been with me, hopefully will be for the rest of my life. Church, we have to be careful before we attack people's offices. If David was afraid to do it to Saul, King David, we should fear God to not do it to one of his servants. That sweet person in the back's just starting all the claps. God bless you, whoever you are. I'm glad it's landing with someone, but it's so needed. It's so needed. I'm just going to read quickly, and again, I'll have to do a part three. But Psalm 103, don't turn for sake of time. I'll read it to you, 16 through 17. You can take notes and go back. It says, the wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here, but the love of the Lord remains forever. With those who fear him, his salvation extends to the children's children. When you fear God, not only does it do something in your life, it affects generations to come. Those stories I just told were because I had a dad that feared God. That got on me. With God's grace, that will get on my children. By God's grace, that will get on their children. Do you understand this is a rippling effect? I pray it gets on us as a church. I hope that we walk in fear of the Lord. I hope that we're so mindful of what we say, how we say it, what we do, what we think, what we watch, all the stuff so that we're aware of him so that we can actually, actually walk out this Christian life in faith and be genuine and be genuine. Joel, if you could help me, bud. I wanna just close with this. Proverbs, you don't have to turn. 1, 28 through 31. It says, when they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously searched for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. Can we just stand for a moment and close our eyes? Yeah, I just want you to search your heart right now. No one move. This is not the time to leave. You'll get to leave in just a moment. I think the Lord wants to do some heart work this morning. And we need to give him a place for that. If there is anyone in the room that has not been serving the Lord faithfully, if there's anyone in the room that is bound by sin, if there's anyone in the room that is bound by addiction, lust, drugs, pornography, oh, whatever it is, there's anyone in the room that's bound by anger and pride, if you've even slandered, guess what? You've sinned. If you've judged another person, guess what? You've sinned. It's not just those things that we think to be so sinful like the pornography and the lust and all of that. Having a heart away from the Lord is sin. If that's you in the room this morning, I'm speaking to you. 
and then I'm speaking to another group in the, more, in the room, if you have fallen out of love with Jesus, I feel like this is even for some students at school and we're not gonna judge you, but if you're not burning like you used to, if you're not burning, if you are not desiring God, if you were waking up before excited to go be in the house of the Lord, excited to go to school, excited to be a Christian, whatever it is, excited just to serve him and read your Bible first thing in the morning, if you've lost that desire, if you've lost that fellowship, get down here right now. Just come down. Just don't have to wait for me to call you down. Just come down here. If you're not burning with first love like you used to, come on. If you're not burning, I'll wait. I'll wait. If there's anyone that's just dealing with habitual sin, get down here. God's going to set you free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm not going to let go of that judgment part. If there's anyone that has judged another, if you've let pride and selfish ambition get in the way, the Lord wants to set you free from that today. In Jesus' name, it's beautiful. They're coming from the balcony. If you're watching online, this is for you too. If, I'm, if you're watching online, if you're in the car, wherever you are, all you have to do is just surrender this to Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you. I'm gonna give it just another moment. Just keep praying, church. Just if you're in the room, don't be a spectator. Just pray, just pray. If there's anyone that's dealing with unforgiveness, this is also for you. That's a sin. As we just shared, it keeps you bound. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Jesus, I feel like there's someone that you've been fighting with your sister. I know that's a very specific word, but there's someone that you've got a big, um, there's been a wedge in your relationship with your sister for many, many years. You have dark hair. That's all I'm seeing is a, a, a girl like in her mid, mid-age, young, not, not old, but not too young. You, you've just been fighting with your sister. And this has been ongoing for years and years and years. And you've been holding bitterness in your heart towards her. And the Lord wants to set you free from that today, this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Do it, Lord. Convict us, Holy Spirit. Show us our weaknesses right now, God. Show us our weaknesses, Lord. Show us any areas, God, that need to go, Lord. Just keep just praying the Spirit just for a moment. Just for a moment. Jesus. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit jesusimage.tv.